This is the Tiger Town Sports Podcast, a podcast made to connect more with supporters of Northeast Athletics. Each week, we interview those who are responsible for setting the culture and leading our programs to success. Welcome to Tiger Town. And welcome into another edition of our Tiger Town Sports Podcast. Here, our first edition since the Thanksgiving break. Hope you and your family had a wonderful time together over Thanksgiving, and as we enter and continue the holiday season. Ryan, I know you and I are looking forward to some more family time coming up. Ryan Moreland to my right, Blake Long joining you as we always do here from Tigertown, USA. We're terming this one our fall recap, Ryan, here, and it was a successful fall here at Northeast Mississippi Community College between football and golf and what else to have volleyball first season there. Just a lot to be proud of here this fall in Tigertown. Yeah, it was, you know, a 6-3 and three football team at times nationally ranked this season, and like you said, the upstart of a new program, volleyball, so... Mm-hmm. You know, you look for things to build there, and then, of course, some good things in golf, and then, of course, the start of basketball in, in uh, November. Absolutely, and then we'll talk about basketball at the end of the podcast. We're going to focus primarily on those fall sports, football, golf, and volleyball as well. We're going to talk about football first here as we transition into this fall recap episode. And we've got some special guests that will be joining us from the football program throughout our broadcast as well. We're excited to have Guy Gillespie and Keaton Thomas. We'll talk about those awards as well. And boy, did we bring in the awards round more than we had, what, 12 all-conference selections, six first-team selections, and six selections between second team and honorable mention. A great group of young men there that were recognized. We congratulate them. Yeah, yeah, we do. And I mean, like you said, you know, like we said, a six and three season, so a very good team. And then, of course, to have good teams, you got to have good players. And it's good to see that our guys get recognized for that, too. Absolutely. I'm going to try to remember all these off the top <laughs> of my head. And uh, you see, we've come well prepared, <laughs> by the way. Shout out to Coca Cola. Uh, an unofficial sponsor of the Tiger Town Sports <laughs> Podcast, but did want to shout out them for creating the NE75. We've been talking about our 75th anniversary throughout our podcast, and they had a specialized bottle that we got today when we taped this uh, at our fall Christmas social that we had. And so we appreciate them for providing us with that. And a shout out to our development foundation is too, Ryan. We don't talk about Tiffany and Lexi and Patrick enough, but they help you and I out quite a bit. They help all of our athletic department out. And they're a big ally to us here at Northeast. And they're the ones that got this done, and we appreciate them. Yeah, they, they do a tremendous job from, you know, helping fundraise for different things on campus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, you know, for us to be able to go on road trips, they help with, with some of our stuff as well. So very thankful for what they do for us. Yeah, we sure are. So shout out to you, Tiffany and Lexi and Patrick. Our Northeast Development Foundation was some of the hardest working folks on campus. We appreciate them tremendously. Look, let's get back to the all-conference selections here uh, for our Tigers. I've got to start uh, with our MACCC Special Teams Player of the Year in the North Division, which was Guy Gillespie. He was a two-time all-conference selection. First team as a punter, second team as a kicker. Last year as a, f- a freshman, Ryan, he was a kicker only. But to see him come in and take John Daniel Deaton's spot at punter after he graduated and moved on, uh, and he did that very, very well. Uh, was not, I'll be honest, wasn't expecting him to do as well on the punting side of things as he did, but he was a weapon for our guys this year. Yeah, he was. It's always good when you've got somebody like that with a leg like that mm-hmm. that can kind of place the ball where you want them to because he did. He swapped field a, new, a lot of times, a lot for, of times. From, our, from our offense to our defense to allow our defense, maybe to defense to give our offense a short field to work with. And Coach Davis talked about it. He talks about it all the time about how important – uh, field positioning is in, in our level, and of course, in football in general. 
but good grief, it's hard for a team to go 90 yards in junior college football and score, and so here's the defenses are. And so, Guy, well-deserved awards for him. We congratulate him. We're going to talk to Guy later on in the podcast as well. Uh, can't mention, not going necessarily in order of, of first team, second team here, but Wesley Corbett was all, an all-conference honoree as a return specialist, was a pretty good wide receiver as well, made some big plays for us when we needed them. Uh, but had, in my mind, the one play that sticks out, it's the one play Elijah highlighted in our highlight package we put on social media was the return to begin the second half against Holmes that really set us up for a big, probably the biggest win of the season. Yeah, it did. And, but, you know, he, he got it as a returner, but he, he was an all-around. Sure was. You know, all-around player on the field from a – from a returner to a receiver to even at times a rusher, running back. Yeah. And, 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 and at, at times, times a backup a, quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in, the per definition of all-purpose uh, is Wesley Corbett, and I believe he did lead our team in all-purpose yards with over 600 this year. So great job, Wesley Corbett. We are proud of you, proud of all these guys. Um, don't let me miss anybody here I'm trying to go through and see these guys. Keaton Thomas, of course, a big one. He's our only NJCA All-Region 23 selection. He'll be up for All-American honors. Uh, we'll talk to Keaton later in the podcast as well. Um, but Keaton, uh, what more can you say? Led the nation in tackles per game uh, as the stats continue to pile up in the postseason games that were played. Keaton's now second in the country in total tackles. But my gracious, what a year Keaton had to have over 100 tackles in just nine games. Yeah, that's quite impressive, and and especially what the defense did at North here at Northeast in the mm -hmm. last couple of years. Because last year, Tristan Newsom was in the same boat that Keaton's right. in this year. Sure is, and and it just seems like those two guys, you know, have a lot of similarities because they just the ball found them wherever they were, and they found the ball. Vice versa. Absolutely, and it's it's worked out pretty well for Tristan. Uh, got the last SEC Defensive Player of the Week of the regular season. Uh, also uh, playing Power Five football at Missouri. Um, obviously, Keaton has a chance to play Power 5 football next year. We'll talk to him about his potential destinations coming up later on in our podcast. So we're Keaton, our Region 23 selection, which puts him up for those All-American honors. A big shout-out as well to Jacob Foster. Uh, and Jacob, I, I tell you what, uh, when you talk about a stacked Division One looking linebacker, to me, Jacob Foster looks the part of it. Ended up tied for second on the team with 56 tackles, 7 TFL, second most behind Keaton Thomas. Beg your pardon, third most on the team uh, there on TFLs. Had a big interception against Hines to wrap up that season opening win. And Jacob, again, kind of not as much as Keaton, but he was across the field all the way around the ball. football as well. Yeah, but both of them. I mean, all over the field from sideline to sideline. And that's what you wanted your two linebackers to be uh, vocal and to be uh, able to get all over the field from sideline to sideline. Shout out to our offensive lineman that we're all conference honorees, R.J. Whitehead. He's a guy that's got a lot of Division One offers there. And then Jalen Larry, the West Point young man. And so those are two outstanding young men there, well-deserved their all-conference awards. And uh, I think for the most part, Ryan, and that was honestly, again, we, we try to be honest here, one of Coach Davis's big concerns going into this year was his O-line. And I think that Jalen and R.J. proved that, well, maybe there wasn't as much of a concern to be had as maybe Coach Davis thought going into the year. I think Coach Davis was concerned about maybe uh, uh, well, what I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but I guess experience. Yeah, I agree the, with the that. The experience, and he knew that what they could do. He just wasn't sure with the experience that he had if they would be able to do it. And I think in that point, they uh, they surprised him a little mm -hmm. bit. And it was a good a good surprise. Justin Kowalik, Cameron Dill uh, had plenty of time to find those guys they needed to and led to a bunch of our success this year. So we're proud of RJ and Jalen sticking on the defensive end. And here's a guy that went, I thought, under the radar. Because when I told Coach Davis this stat um, that I'm about to tell you, Ryan, he kind of went, well, really? You kidding me? Uh, Jaleek Yancey, 
Um, defensive back transferred from Dodge City in Kansas, started his career at Eastern Michigan University. He's another guy going to be playing four-year football next year. But even with uh, one game to go in the JUCO football season, the national championship game, he still leads the country in PBUs. Had 14 pass breakups this year. And so I think part of that was a credit to Dorian Smith, who unfortunately did not get all-conference honors. Uh, but Dorian had established himself as a freshman here. And teams didn't want to throw towards him, but then they threw towards Jalik. And Jalik had an opportunity to really rack up some big numbers. Yeah, he did. I mean, our two corners both this year, like you said, mm -hmm. Dorian and Jalik, they, they played really well. And, mm -hmm. you know, Dorian missed a, a couple games there with an injury. That's right. But, but Jalik, like, I mean, 14 pass breakups, and he had uh, numerous games with four. So, I mean, teams tried to throw to him because they didn't want to throw against Dorian, and they just couldn't. So they had to look for something else to do. Vaulted Northeast defense, but that's another good one right there. Jalik Yancey, speaking of good on the defense, C.J. Barney. He was a preseason All-American selection from J.C. Gridiron and, and really uh, lived up to that bill doing something different than he did uh, as a freshman. He was a, uh, just a pure linebacker his freshman year, uh, moved between linebacker and an edge rusher this year, and thought he did really well. Got uh, second-team All-Conference honors, 50 tackles, three TFLs, two-and-a-half sacks, and an interception, five PBUs. Uh, C.J. Barney delivered on his promises as well to have a good year. Yeah, you know, a new defensive coordinator, so a little bit different defensive look for the Tigers this year. But, and, you know, he kind of went back and forth, like you said, between the edge and a linebacker. And, you know, last year mm -hmm. played primarily linebacker. So it was good to see him have success in a little bit di similar but different role. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Proud of C.J. Uh, really, really good year for C.J. Barney. He'll play college football at the next level, no doubt about that as well, should he wish to. Jermaine Ray, another one that kind of flew under the radar uh, because of how good Jalik and Dorian were there in that defensive backfield. But Jermaine earns all-conference recognition, uh, 48 tackles there. He had four interceptions to lead the team. Uh, I think it's tied for six in the nation, five PBUs as well. And so uh, you just look at that, and I don't think we realize maybe, Ryan, how good our defensive backfield was this year. But then when you look at the numbers, it kind of backs up the fact that Sean Cannon put a really good defense together in year number one. Yeah, you do. And I, and I think Jermaine was a little bit versatile because I think he could play sa a little safety and a little cornerback mm -hmm. as well. So he, had, so he was able to play both positions, and he played both of them really well. Mm -hmm. Like you said, four interceptions, five pass breakups. That's – that's a good year right there. Absolutely it is. And I think the last guy, I hope I didn't miss nobody, but especially we're talking about the coaches all-conference team, by the way. Juca Weekly put out another list. We may go over that later in the podcast or next week. Uh, but John Jackson on the defensive line, uh, big defensive tackle, Ryan. And he's a guy uh, that we're super proud of. Ended up, again, just the way our defense is set up, the defensive linemen don't necessarily get as many of the numbers as the linebackers do. Uh, but John was uh, obviously well-respected by the coaches around our league and ended up getting all-conference honors, had 14 tackles, uh, but did a really good job in disrupting what other teams wanted to do offensively with their offensive line. Yeah, that's the one thing our defensive line did really well is that they pushed the offensive line back, kind of got them out, a little bit out of their comfort zone, made the quarterback get out of the pocket and make him do things that he was uncomfortable with mm -hmm. to make the, to be able to get the linebackers like Keaton and – you know, at times, C.J. and Jacob Foster be able to make tackles. Absolutely. Those are our postseason award winners for football as far as the all C teams are concerned. Again, a special congratulations to Keaton Thomas earning All-Region 23 honors and Guy Gillespie earning C Special Teams Player of the Year honors 
as well. Stat leaders for the Tigers this year, Justin Qualk, of course, quarterback, had 1,250-plus yards of passing, seven TDs, led the way. Cameron Dill, shout-out to him as well, uh, six TDs between the two quarterbacks, uh, 55% passing completion, 13 TDs against six interceptions. That's not bad there either. No, that's not bad at all. And, I mean, you, you look at that 55% completion between the two, that's, you know, 50%. You'd like for it to be a little mm-hmm. bit higher, but you, you can work with that. You know, the 13 touchdown passes and the six interceptions. I didn't think all six were, were on them as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, six interceptions, at the end of the day, interceptions fall on the quarterback. So it is what it is. Right, it is what it is. But I'll tell you this, when compared to what our defense did, so we had 13 passing TDs and six picks. Our defense only allowed seven passing TDs and got 15 interceptions. So when you put those two side by side, you won that battle with all season long without a doubt. Yeah, that always helps when your defense is, was lights out this year mm-hmm. like ours was. Absolutely. Rushing attack, again, you all all know if you watched our football games, we had four talented running backs in our program this year. Uh, the leader of that group ended up being Jaden Robinson as far as total uh, rushing yards, 330. Uh, averaged 4.9 yards per carry, four touchdown runs. That was the most among any of our Tigers. Um, only lost one fumble all year long through eight games as well. Uh, y'all keep Jaden in your prayers as well. He was involved in uh, an, an accident after the season, so just keep him in your prayers. But was very impressed with Chris McMillan. You know, Coach Trevathan really talked him up before the season. Antonio Kennedy was a, an awesome surprise who came in, had three rushing TDs, ran the Wildcat from quarterback sometimes. And Keon Mays showed some a burst as well. And the good news is, Ryan, if they choose to come back, we've got three of those four coming back next year. Yeah, and I mean, they were all good. And the thing, you know, you look at the yards per game, you look at the stats, but the thing that draws me that the most just looking at it right now is that they all average 3.7 or more yards a carry. Yep. So, I mean, that means three plays, you're getting you're getting a first down and you're moving the chains. That's what's more impressive to me is that, and some of them are up near five. That's right, and Jaden was like 4.9. Keon Mays, 5.6 yards per carry. And yeah. so um, that, that's that's exciting for next year because Keon had the fewest carries of all of them, and yet he had the most yards per carry out of all of them. So I, I agree with <laughs> you on that, Ryan. Uh, when you're moving the chains, that's what you want your running backs to be able to do, and they did that very effectively this year. Here's a guy that I, I wish, man, uh, was pulling for him this year, Tyrell Randall. Um, he ended up leading our receivers, 36 receptions. Uh, 362 yards. The one thing is, unfortunately, did not reach the end zone this year. So hard to believe. Um, got close at Northwest. I think he fumbled the football there inside the five-yard line early in the game. Uh, just an unfortunate play there. But you can't, you know, again, uh, things happen on the football field. But Tyrell was very consistent most of the year um, and, and had a great game at Northwest overall. Uh, probably one of the best games of his career. But Tyrell led us in receptions, yards, most TD catches, uh, again, we mentioned Wesley Corbett had three. And then Gunnar Scott, our tight end, who ended up getting up first-team all-conference. He's a guy that I left out. I apologize, Gunnar. Uh, but you were first-team all-conference selection with three TDs and nine catches. Uh, talk about efficiency, and that's it from Gunnar Scott. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I felt like when we, when we went to Gunnar Scott, it was mostly in the red zone. Mm-hmm. It was one of those short yardage package where we knew what the run, everybody knew what the running back could do. So mm-hmm. they did. So they were in a little bit of fear if we handed the ball off and just let and they just let us walk in the end zone. So they try to make us make make us beat them by throwing the ball and we would just put him out there in the flat and throwing the ball and he'd get in the end zone. Absolutely. And he did it three times. We're proud of Gunner. 
a hardworking young man, and it's we got to talk to him after the East Mississippi game. Said he never played tight end in his life, never caught a pass in his life before this season. Was an old lineman at Leak Academy, and so just the stories like that are one of the things I love about JUCO football. Man, is kids doing something new and getting rewarded for the hard work, and the Gunner Scott is the key piece to that. Yeah, I mean, it just get, you give yourself a chance to play mm-hmm. at the next level. I mean, you've got to be open to doing different things because you don't know what you like. So now, you know, he might be able to play somewhere next year and he mm-hmm. might be a really good tight end now. Absolutely. Defensively, Keaton Thomas, 107 tackles. We mentioned that. Uh, 11.9 tackles per game leads the entire country in NJCA Division One football. Uh, he was also your TFL's leader with nine. Uh, your sack leader this year for the Tigers and a tie with three sacks apiece. Uh, Clifton Young and also Brandon Watkins, defensive lineman who came up big with some big plays as well. Uh, a name we didn't call much, but when we did, it was an impactful name as well, Ryan. Yeah, that's what our def- our defensive line did all year. They were impactful, whether it was a sack or, or a TFL or just making the O-line and the quarterback uncomfortable. Absolutely. Uh, Jaleek Yancey, something we mentioned when we didn't talk about him, when we did not mention, four forced fumbles as well. It's very significant number there. Uh, four forced fumbles. The most interceptions on the team, again, was Jermaine Ray with four. Uh, Michael Randall right behind him with three. Again, Jaleek had 14 PBUs, leads the country. And I think the one thing we have not mentioned is that we blocked four kicks this year, uh, which was the most that I can remember in quite some time for a Northeast team. So, uh, sound out, special teams unit was really good. Defensive unit was good. Offense progressed as the year went along, and that helped us get to 6-3 and three on the season. Yeah, it did. It was, it was an overall team victory because mm-hmm. at times the offense didn't wasn't clicking. Mm-hmm. At times the defense kind of struggled to piece things together. But when they all needed – to make big plays, they did. Absolutely. Uh, no question about that. And resulted, in, of course, in rankings. Juco Weekly in their poll has us ranked. J.C. Gridiron has us in their top 20 among all NJCA teams and California schools as well. And so we'll end the year with at least two national rankings. The NJCAA poll, they'll have one more after the national championship. We were receiving votes in that one. Just find it hard to believe that your two losses – Two of your three losses are in overtime. The other one, the only regulation loss you had was by one touchdown to the team that's playing in the national championship game. Hard for me to believe that Northeast should not be in the top 15 in the NJCA final ranking. Yeah, all three on the road, too. All three on the road. Exactly right. So, shout out to Coach Greg Davis, Sean Cannon, Ryan Trevathan, uh, future dad, Cole Rotenberry. Saw that on social media today. Congratulations, Cole. Uh, shout out to Stedman Campbell, Cedric Shell, our entire coaching staff, administration, on a job well done this football season. Let's get to our first guest here on the Tigertown Sports Podcast, Ryan, and we're going to talk about Guy Gillespie. Uh, Guy, uh, again, big leg. What what can you say about him? Again, he's the MACCC North Division Special Teams Player of the Year. Uh, his numbers, 39.9 punt average. That was, I believe, top five in the country. 21 punts inside the 20-yard line, which is the big number when it comes to punting. You want to force those opponents inside the 20. He had 21 of those. Again, top five in the country. Uh, and then the the kicking game. It was really good. Had 16 touchbacks this year. I think he had one or two as a freshman. So that tells you how much effort he put in to getting his leg stronger this year. Five made field goals. The big one, a 49-yarder at East Mississippi, uh, which tied for, or was the second longest in program history. Uh, that was a big field goal at the time as well. And so Guy Gillespie, an impact player for our team, no doubt. Yeah, he's got a big leg on the kicking end. I mean, you know, the longest 49, and, you know, we've said it time, I've said it at times to you, mm-hmm. I, I think this is good from 50-plus. So Absolutely. I, so I think the leg's there, and then on the kicking-wise, and then punting, 
I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, he was first team. I mean, he, he should be first team everything in punting because it was. Yep. he did a really good job punting this year. Sure did. And so when we come back here, we'll take our first break right now. Guy Gillespie will join us here to talk about his special season. You're watching the Tiger Town Sports Podcast Fall Rewind. And we welcome you back to a special edition of our Tiger Town Sports Podcast here as we go through a fall recap here. And it's been a great fall at Northeast. And one of the reasons is this guy to my right, Guy Gillespie. Uh, no pun intended there when I said guy to my right. But, uh, Guy, I appreciate you big time for joining us here. Um, and we're going to talk about some big awards you've received. Uh, but first and foremost, how's the semester been going for you, my friend? Been going great. Just been a very productive uh, season. and fall a semester it's just been it's been great all around productive I, I think the term there is correct as this year uh, you added punting onto your place duties that you had last year and it's uh, allowed you to reap some great benefits first and foremost I want to congratulate you on being the 2023 MACCC North Division Special Teams Player of the Year that's a mouthful to get out um, but it's a huge award uh, since they created this award to my knowledge and Ryan correct me if I'm wrong this is the first Northeast athlete to get this award I believe since I've been here uh, and so guy congratulations my friend thank you it's it's a great honor for sure you know when you found out about that the honors were released earlier this week uh what was your reaction when you initially saw it just wow just all my hard work is finally coming i'm reaping the reaping the reward absolutely and you did just that and, and what a great year for you what a great year for this team mm -hmm. um let, let's talk about your individual accolades second because you've always been a team guy first and that's one thing that made this thing uh this team special coach davis described uh the team philosophy this year is built different you know in your words how would you describe this team as built different or, or what goes into that yeah i mean in summary like it's just we're all uh just together we're family, and we're not just playing to have a winning record. We're have a, we're going out there to win a championship, a mm -hmm. state championship, then hopefully a national championship. And uh, we really just brought together by that. And we came oh so close to all those accomplishments mm -hmm. right there. Six and three overall record, um, but that doesn't really dictate the, the three losses, two in overtime, uh, one to the eventual state champion who is yeah. in the national playoff now. Um, and that was by one touchdown on mm -hmm. the road. And so uh, just an incredible season. In my mind, one of the best seasons of program history, uh, without a doubt. And you've been actually been able to be a part of two really good seasons, five and four your freshman year here with a win over East Mississippi, who did go on to win the state championship. Uh, describe your two years Year and, and how great your teammates have been. Obviously, Coach Davis, Coach Shell, uh, Coach Rotenberry, they three were here for both of your years mm -hmm. here. Of course, we mixed and matched a few coaches around that. But how awesome, first off, how awesome has it been with the coaching staff you've been able to work with here at Northeast? Oh, it's been great. I mean, I can't give enough thanks to Coach Davis and Coach Shell. I mean, I've been through some hard times here at Northeast, and they've just kept believing, kept believing in me and kept pushing me to get better. And, yeah, it's just it's worked out. Mm -hmm. And then your teammates, you know, we've had some very talented uh, student athletes come through Northeast in your two years here. I think the highlight of that right now, um, and there will be more, Tristan Newson at Missouri, who just named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week, um, but he kind of highlights that group right now. But um, just all the way around, from defense to offense, your special teams unit, it's been a very, very special two years here at Northeast. Describe all these teammates you've been able to play with. I mean, it's been amazing. Obviously, we've had some very gifted athletes, but I feel like what separates us from the pack is just we're family. Mm -hmm. We're close. This is the closest I've felt to, like, a team, and we're all just super bound together, and that's what allowed us to play well. Yep. Well, you know, obviously, you're from Prentice County. Mm -hmm. uh, originally from Baldwin, played at Boonville High School, you know, and so you, you weren't unfamiliar with the surroundings. What made you decide to stay home and play for this program originally? I mean, it was really just that, just staying home. I wanted to be sort of the, the hometown hero mm -hmm. sort of thing, and I just wanted to put on for my city. 
and you have certainly with that with these awards. We mentioned Special Teams Player of the Year, but of course you were also this year first team uh, all-conference as far as uh, punter and then second team all-conference for place kicking. So uh, a rare opportunity for you to win two different all-conference awards. Uh, how amazing is that, being twice named the all-conference team this year? I mean, it's a great honor. I feel like hard work has just paid off. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, know, you mentioned the hard work, and we've talked about this before in, in separate interviews, not on the podcast, but kicking's a different style in football. You know, uh, they always say, you know, the kicker state of themselves, well, you're honing your craft by yourself. Um, there's not really any anything you can do but continue to kick, but there's more to it than just that. Describe the hard work that place kickers, punters, that, that you guys do put in to make your craft successful. It's just the biggest thing is just the goal to be perfect. I mean, mm -hmm. inches – an inch miss is feet. It's just uh, one of those things where perfection just requires you to have to put forth the best ability possible. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure repetition's a big part of that in mm -hmm. practice, right? Mm -hmm. Just making sure you're getting a lot of reps. Quality over quantity, though, just making sure every rep is the same. Mm -hmm. I got to brag on uh, a couple of guys on the special teams unit. First and foremost, Grant Fleming was your long snapper this mm -hmm. year. Um, and you can't win an award like this without a great long snapper, whether it's setting up your kicks, whether it's setting up your punts. Uh, he's pretty much your right-hand man, is he not? Absolutely, absolutely. He's done, he's done an excellent job, especially as a freshman, also playing a wide receiver. He's done exceptionally well for his first year, and I, I have a lot of trust in him. Mm -hmm. As you should. Um, and Taylor Forticos was there as the backup mm -hmm. long snapper, too. I don't want to leave Taylor out as well. Um, he was a big part of it. Zach Denny as well. Um, Zach was right there with you. Uh, yeah. Was your, I think, holder there on mm -hmm. special teams for kicks. Uh, backup kicker as well. Didn't get in the action this year because of how good a job you did. Uh, but I think Zach's got a bright future ahead of him, but he was there as your holder, um, and that's another guy you've got to have a lot of trust in, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's my brother. He's been with me through everything the past two years, and he's been dedicated to holding, and uh, he's done an absolutely outstanding job. Now, did he hold for you your freshman year? He did not. Uh, who was that? Remind John me. Daniel Deaton. That's right, John Daniel. I'd forgotten about that. I yes. in high school as well. Yep, so that, that was a special connection mm -hmm. there yeah. off the bat too, right? Mm -hmm. And then you and John Daniel, of course, John Daniel punted that last year. Yeah. Um, and so you guys had that really special connection. Mm -hmm. uh, would you go through and brag about John Daniel as well and, and that connection you've had for many a year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, John Daniel, he was our – in high school, he was our quarterback, our punter, and he was my holder, and he – I don't think he ever gave me a bad hold. It hmm. was it was just money through and through, especially last year as well. So adding punting this year with John Daniel graduating, uh, was that something you were automatically open to? Because um, I know, like you said, in high school, John Daniel did the majority of the punting. I think mm -hmm. he's a year older than you are. Yeah. So did you do punting your senior year at Louisville? I did, I did. I was actually really confident with punting my, uh, my senior year, and I felt mm -hmm. really confident coming in. Uh, to Northeast, but obviously John Daniel had the better ability. I'll admit that. And but yeah, this year I was just fully confident. I've been grinding this that off season, and I was fully confident in my abilities to do all three. And and it paid off. Look, let me tell you something. I, I don't know, Ryan. You may know the numbers, but um, I think you were top five in the country in punts inside the twenty yard line, um, and that's huge. That's that's a, such a big stat. Coach Davis. One thing when we talk and do our coaches shows every week, uh, one of the, his keys to victory is shifting field position, mm -hmm. because I think it's true at every level, but especially in community college football, it's tough for a team to go eighty plus yards yeah. uh, and and put it together at least a touchdown drive. They may get in the field goal range, sure, but a touchdown drive is hard to do from eighty plus yards, and that, I think that's true for every level, but especially it seems to be the case here with as good of defenses mm -hmm. are in our, in our conference. Absolutely. So how big has that been, or how big was it this year for you to be able to help our defense out and pin our opponents? back so deep it's been great I mean 
obviously one of the most satisfying things mm-hmm. and punting wise is getting that ball out of bounds at the ten or less. Sure. And then the defense, the off- or the other team's offenses, they're just not going to be successful from there. No, they're not, especially with our defensive unit, Keaton Thomas, Jacob oh, yeah. Foster, C.J. Barney. Man, those guys were light out this year. Um, we're going to talk about them more in our fall recap here in just a second. But, uh, Guy, we're focusing on you here. Again, if you're just tuning in, Guy Gillespie, uh, first-team all-conference punter, second-team all-conference kicker, the MHCCC Special Teams Player of the Year. You were also uh, on the preseason Fred Mitchell Award watch list, so uh, honors are not new to you. Um, I would say it's a very decorated career here at Northeast. Did you have any idea coming here? I know I talked to this. This is kind of a loaded question as well, um, but I, because most student athletes are pretty humble, and you're a pretty humble guy. But did you have any idea you'd win all these type of awards coming to Northeast? <laughs> Absolutely not. I just I was just a kid out of high school, just only kicked for about two, three years. Never really had mm-hmm. any formal training, and I just came here just with no real expectations. Just besides, I was gonna make the most of it. Never let a opportunity opportunity slip away. So, but yeah, it's it's been amazing. I also got to give a shout out to Mike McCabe at One on One Kicking. After uh, last year, he's been training me up and best kicking coach in the nation for sure. There we go. Shout out to Mike. There we go. We don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of other folks who have a, a special place in your heart. Let me give you an open opportunity to shout out maybe other family members who've had a big impact in your life, uh, anybody else who means a lot to you. It's a great opportunity right now. Absolutely. My mom, my dad, my, all my grandparents, they've just been so supportive. And uh, also my high school coaches, Coach Maddox, Coach Smith, Coach Moment. I mean, They've been there for me when uh, I didn't believe in myself, so it's just great to finally see everything come to fruition. Well, Mike Maddox is a great guy, is he not? Man, he's a great guy. Yep. Uh, love him, too, especially. He's a great guy. You mentioned a lot of great men right there. Uh, and on the coaching staff of Boonville High School has been really tremendous. They've got a lot of good men there through the years, without a doubt, and it's still the way right now, uh, as you've been blessed here at Northeast with some great men. Uh, your future, uh, your future destination is not set in stone, but it's safe to say uh, that you want to keep this thing rolling, right? Absolutely. No question. Uh, how do you, you know, obviously this is a great sophomore year for you, um, but when you're already averaging, you know, 40-plus yards a punt, uh, when you've got a field goal range in the 40s, nearly 50 yards, you, I think you do have 50. You didn't get to the 50-yard mark this year. Uh, had a 49-yarder, um, but you've got there. How, how do you keep improving? I mean, what's the what's the goal? How do you keep getting better? Because you're already at a pretty good level right now. I mean, you just got to stay hungry. It's, the whole goal is just to strive for perfection. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closer you get, the better you're going to be, and just focus on getting better every single day, 1% better. Sure. Um, does it matter across the country if you get that next-level opportunity? Are you, are you open to going anywhere across the country anywhere. to play football? Anywhere. That's awesome, man. Uh, Got to ask you, as far as football heroes growing up, you know, whether it's a collegiate player that you always admired or a pro football player, you know, who's your biggest uh, influencer as far as that childhood hero growing up? Honestly, this is probably going to come as a shock. Not a lot of people know him, but uh, Taylor Russolino. He mm-hmm. was a guy who went to Millsaps, actually, a kicker. Small Division three school. May, ended up making it NFL and now is uh, now in the XFL and just won a championship over for awesome. the Battle Hawks, I believe. Yep. Yeah, he's just been a big inspiration. I've been watching him since I was smaller and uh, less experienced, but yeah. Well, I admit that you did catch me by surprise on that, but a successful player, no doubt. Millsap says had a tradition of putting some good special teams players through through the years. And so a shout-out to the Millsaps majors and Taylor Russellini. That's awesome and a good one there. And hopefully you're following in his shoes someday, my friend. Uh, I think you're going to get an opportunity to play at a level higher than D3. Uh, we're not going to talk specifics here, um, but promise me this. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and get that word out there when you eventually sign that dotted line, okay? Absolutely. Um, guy, obviously, uh, we hope there are more 
more awards coming your way. You know, we're not done yet. The All-Region 23 team has not been selected yet, and hopefully All-American honors down the road. Another thing that's important to you is your classroom work. You know, last mm -hmm. year you were an all-NJCA, all-academic. <clears throat> you were academic all-conference. Uh, obviously, uh, it's student and then athlete. And that's mm -hmm. one thing you put, and Coach Davis and our staff put a big priority on, is that But how important in your mind is the academic side of things? I mean, the work you do in the classroom is just a, just as important as what you do on the field. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you can't go to a bigger school without, like, a 2.5 uh, GPA. But, I don't know, it just – the better you do in the classroom, it kind of just shows your hard work, the more motivated you are. Mm -hmm. 4.0 guy right here, though. There's no 2.5. I can promise you that. <laughs> this is a straight 4.0, and we're proud of this young man right here, without a doubt. And I think that's going to continue this year more. We're going to be talking about guy with more awards later on this year when it comes to the academic side of things as well. So you're not going to uh, – you may get tired of hearing Guy Gillespie's name before this year is over with, but we're not going to get tired of saying it. We're proud of you, Guy. Um, Kind of as we get ready to wrap this thing up here, we appreciate you taking the time, Guy. Um, any other guys you want to shout out here on the team? I know we had a great year, 6-3, and three, awesome time. Um, got to travel the state. You know, just any of the things that are on your mind right now. I mean, just shout out to <clears throat> everybody who's watched and supported. Can't do it without y'all guys, and it's been a great experience. Absolutely. This has been Guy Gillespie here, the MACCC North Division Special Teams Player of the Year. Uh, future, fingers crossed, D1 athlete here, and he's got a guy that's got a bright future. Here's a big question for you before we get out of here. Uh, of course, we'd love to see you make the NFL as a special teams guy. That's the goal. You need to keep striving for that. Um, but you've got that 4.0 GPA to fall back on. What are you studying to get get ready for the rest of your life? Uh, right now I'm studying biology, getting my prereqs for med school. And, there uh, we go. Hopefully in the future, if somehow the NFL doesn't work out, I'm going to be an anesthesiologist. There we go. So if you walk into an uh, emergency room someday, you may see Guy Gillespie there taking care of you, my you. friend. There we go. Guy, appreciate the time, man. Congratulations on everything. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a time out here, and we'll return. We'll continue our fall recap right here on the Tigertown Sports Podcast. Someone once said, life is constantly moving forward, and that's the way we like it. First day, first year moving forward, fast. Don't just find yourself, create your future. Want to design something? Great, learn how to design websites and apps. Learn anything. With education, you can change the world. Future in fighting crime? Want to save lives? Do it here, and here too. Side by side, learning from experts in their fields. But you've got to move forward fast. Because today is now, and tomorrow is coming soon. And to get ahead of the game, you've got to get ahead of your time. Moving forward, not backwards, forward. So what are you waiting on? Get moving. Move your ideas. Move others too. This is your future, your opportunity. So take it and move all of us forward. Hey, welcome back once again to the Tigertown Sports Podcast Fall Rewind. Thank you, Guy Gillespie, for joining us. The good news is, since we recorded that interview, Ryan, Guy has committed, and he is going to be going to the University of Nevada. That's a far cry from Boonville, Mississippi, I can assure you of that. But, uh, Guy, we're proud of you. Congratulations on that commitment. Look forward to you signing here in a couple of weeks and really proud of him. Let's turn our attention from football for just a moment to our other fall sports and the newest addition to Northeast, volleyball. What a... Uh, first year they had, first playoff appearance, uh, first several wins in the program history. I know the wins and losses are not exactly what we were hoping for in year one, but consider this, a team full of freshmen 
learning their way through uh, uh, several difficult games. Of course, Alabama Community College Conference, we played a lot of teams from that league, and they've been playing volleyball for 40 years, at least in that conference. And so as we look back on that, I think that there is a bright future ahead for this volleyball program. We thank Coach Mays for allowing us to be along for the ride for year number one. Um, she had several award winners. We're going to hope to get her back on the podcast soon to talk about her individual award winners. Of course, we're not in the conference in volleyball. MHCCC doesn't sponsor volleyball, so uh, we don't have any all-conference awards to talk about, but we do have the stat leaders to talk about, Ryan. But overall, your thoughts on year one for volleyball? I thought it was a good year. And, I mean, you know, we played uh, six conference matches, six region 23 matches. And I thought we were competitive in all of those. Mm -hmm. Etiwamba, Northwest, Pro River, I thought we were competitive in all of them. And like you said, we've played a lot of Alabama schools, and they've had it a lot longer than we have. But And at times, you know, the three other Mississippi schools that have it have had success, you know, in region play in yep. Alabama. Mm -hmm. So with us being uh, competitive with the other three Mississippi schools in – our conference games, there's a lot to be excited about in the future. I agree completely. Uh, I can promise you this. Coach Mays has already been out signing players. Um, I know several of our stars are returning for next year. That's exciting as well. And so we look forward to seeing our returning sophomores back for another year. Let's look at the stats right here, uh, Ryan. And let's talk kills per set. And Irby Norris is the leader there. Two and a half kills per set. She led the team with 263 kills this year. And between Irby and Avery Thomas, uh, you could uh, uh, rely on them every match to put some big shots down on the floor. Yeah, and it seemed like, you know, match in, match out, those were the two that we looked to go for mm -hmm. as far as to get a kill. And Madison Maxwell even had some really good games down the stretch. Absolutely. Uh, no question about that. And uh, looking forward to seeing them again in the future. Kimmy Wilf again, stood out to me all year long. Um, I thought that, you know, as, again, I officiate high school volleyball. I thought she did a really good job being consistent all year long with her hands when it came to setting. And it showed 684 assists. I want to say that ended up around the top 50 in the NJCAA as far as Division Two, And so, uh, Cammy did a tremendous job there, and 684 is a big number of assists. Um, the next closest one was Cam Gatlin. She had uh, far fewer than, than 684, mm -hmm. I can assure you of that. Actually, Giselle Lopez, beg your pardon, had the next closest assist. Still uh, a big number between the two, but Cammy Wilf, 684 assists. She did a really good job this year. Yes, yeah, she did. That's always good when you've got somebody with that big of a number and – you know, just one thing, you know, she had 684 assists. We hit the team had 911 kills. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Uh, yep, yep, that's right. So, you know, she's set, uh, assisted on majority of the kills. So that's good. I mean, when you've got somebody that, that you, that's reliable, that you trust to do mm -hmm. that. Speaking of Giselle Lopez, she led the team in service aces with 32. Uh, right behind her, Cami and Kaylee Shipman had 23 apiece, tied for second most on the team. Uh, Diggs as well. I believe Giselle was the leader there. Barely over Ambriana Shorter, who had another good year as the defensive specialist. But Giselle led the way with 263 digs. Uh, a tremendous year. And I like Giselle. She was a player. Her and Ambriana both. Uh, sacrificed, dove out on the floor quite a bit, trying to save those balls. And to me, two of the best hustle players we have. I, I, I totally agree. They were two of the best. And, and it just seemed like, again, match in, match out. Those were the two that, you know, that were going to give it everything they had, you know, didn't matter what the result was. And then blocking, Skyla Adair was up there. Uh, Avery Thomas had a good year there as well, but Skyla Adair from Tupelo, 37 total blocks. And honestly, 
going into the year, I thought Aaron Brooks Sullivan might lead the category in that. But shout out to Skyla with those 37 blocks. She did a good job getting up there above the net and blocking those balls. Yeah, she, she honestly, she just she had a nose for finding a way to get the block get the block in. Didn't matter if it was a block solo or mm -hmm. or, a, or an assisted block. She just had the nose for it. That she did. And so there are your volleyball stat leaders for this year. Uh, again, Erby Norris leading the way in kills. You had Cammie Wilf leading us in assists um, with aces and digs. Giselle Lopez led the way. And then leading in the blocks category was Skyla Adair. I want to give a big shout out to two of our student markers, Aubrey Russell and Nate Goforth, that led our, our stats crew for volleyball this year. Uh, appreciate you guys big time and thanking you for the help on those stats. We have a lot of great student workers behind the scenes. We probably don't mention them enough, uh, but those two especially took the lead in volleyball, and we appreciate them big time. Yeah, yeah, we do, because neither you nor I know as much mm -hmm. as we did before the season yes. about volleyball. So uh, we It was do. a learning curve for all the way for everybody associated with volleyball at Northeast. It was a little bit of a learning curve, but I think we, we handled that very well this year. And already excited for year number two. Of course, we've got a long way to go before we get back around to the volleyball portion of our calendar. But uh, so excited for year two. Coach Mays is going to transform that team, and we're excited about what she will do. Uh, and lest we forget, golf also uh, had four matches during uh, the fall semester as well. And with that came some rewards for them, especially freshman Jackson Williams out of the Auburn, Alabama area. He comes in and is now ranked the number 12 golfer in the country among NJCA Division II members by Spike Mark, who's keeping up with the scoring this year. And so we're proud of Jackson. I got to watch him play uh, down at Old uh, not Old Waverly, but down in West Point there at Mossy Oak and had a tremendous uh, event, won that tournament, individual title, and then all tournament, I believe, two of the next three events as well. And so Jackson, tremendous fall semester. He's got a chance around to do some really special things in the spring. Yeah, that's always a good start. you got to start somewhere, and he had an excellent start in the fall. But, you know, now with a couple months left, you hope that he just kind of continues to play and continues to build on that fall to get ready for the spring. Coach Derek Devon's team has been consistent for a long time, Ryan Moreland, one of the most consistent teams on campus. Um, last year, the entire team making the national tournament for the first time. And then, of course, uh, this year now with a number 13 national ranking overall as well. Proud of them through the fall. And, and Devo's a guy that's been good to us as well. And we're proud of everything he does on this campus. And a number 13 ranking is a good start, but uh, not quite where they want to be, in, in my opinion, right? Now, and I don't think that's where they want to be. I think they want to be up there at the top. I think they want to be number one. But, mm -hmm. again, you got to start somewhere. And 13, you know, it's not a bad place to start because you've got room to improve. Yep. And that's what you want. As long as you're improving, you're doing something good. Yep. Gulf Coast won every MACCC event during the fall. However, uh, the two through five or six, wide open right in there for sure. There's no reason the Northeast Tigers can't meet and, and challenge Gulf Coast and these other schools for those top couple of spots. And Jackson Williams led the way. Shout out to him for a tremendous fall semester for all of our Tigers and Jackson as well. Let's take time now to go to our second featured interview here on our Fall Rewind. We're going to go back to football and talk with Keaton Thomas. Keaton uh, transferred to Northeast from the University of West Virginia and found immediate success. As we mentioned, he leads the nation in tackles per game with 11.9, uh, has several Power 5 offers. We're going to talk to him about his future, about his year at Northeast, and we'll do that when we come back. You're watching our Fall Rewind right here on the Tigertown Sports Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Tiger Town Sports Podcast. We've got our fall rewind edition right here, and we're joined by one of our playmakers from our football program, Keaton Thomas. Keaton, appreciate you coming on, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. And look, uh, I've got to mention right off the top of the bat, you're one of the most well-spoken interviews I've done from a football player of ours in a couple of years, so thank you again. Uh, appreciate what you did for our football team this year. Man, how did you enjoy Boonville, Mississippi this year being here? Yeah, well, you know, first off, thank you for having me on. And, uh, man, Boonville has been awesome. I mean, it's a great community. Uh, there's there's a couple of good spots to eat. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to Bishop's. That's my favorite rib <laughs> there spot. There we go. Uh, yeah, Bishop's is fire. But, uh, yeah, Boonville has been amazing. Uh, it's been a great opportunity, uh, religiously driven community. So um, I'm just – so thankful for for this place for giving me the opportunity to play football uh, with with a great group of guys and a great staff and and great teaching staff here as well. You, you mentioned religiously and it is and it's important to me. We talked about this the first time we talked. How important is of uh, religion is is our our savior and God to you and what you do in your life? How impactful is he? Yes, yeah, so yeah, great question. So uh, I mean, you know, going through high school, I think a lot of kids struggle with with finding their faith in him. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will teeter. Some people will completely disregard him, and then some people will start to dive into him deeper. And I feel like at times I definitely struggle with that. But, um, you know, being here, of of course, you know, Mississippi is very religious, a Mm -hmm. religious belt, probably of the nation or the South too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been awesome. I mean, he's number one, you know, um, faith, family, football, right, the three Fs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just thankful for for the abilities that he's given me and and the mentality that he's given me because uh, not not everybody is able to, to, to play this game the way that you have to play it at, at a high level consistently. Mm-hmm. And so I just I thank him for, for everything. And then I also thank him for, for making everybody as an individual different. If we were all the same, it, it'd be a plain world. That's a good so, point, my friend. Yes, sir. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he's awesome. Uh, the adversity he throws at me. And then the blessing he throws at me as well. It's all a part of the story. And it's, it's been a great journey. And I'm, I'm excited to close this chapter, saddened about it, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to open the new chapter. Well, selfishly, we're sad to see you go, but we're excited about that next chapter. And look, your journey has taken you from Jacksonville to Morgantown, West Virginia, yes, to Boonville, Mississippi, <laughs> and your next destination. We don't know it quite yet, but, man, you got some options. Uh, you were at Cal last weekend. Yes, uh, you told us before we started here, headed to Baylor. You've got uh, feels like 100 offers, and that's yeah. been amazing to watch you post all those on social media. Um, give us a little insight to your recruiting process right now and maybe some of the things of what you're thinking as we get ready uh, to get closer to that national signing day in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, recruiting has been awesome. Uh, it's, it's been a blessing. At times it can be very hard because mm-hmm. it comes in waves and flows and, and you don't always know what's next, but uh, every school that's recruited me has been awesome. I've created a tremendous amount of genuine relationships with different coaches in different states all across America. So I'm thankful for them to reaching out with me and, and believing in me and my ability. Uh, yeah, so recruiting, for me, I'm really, I'm, I'm not about the money. Um, right. I'm not about the woman and any external resources that, that a lot of people are worried about nowadays in college football, I'm not worried about. I'm, I'm here for the ball. Um, I want to be with a great uh, coaching staff who I genuinely have a relationship with, who I can say I love, like the staff mm-hmm. here. Yes. Um, you know, a, a good community as well, somewhere I can grow. I feel like I've matured a lot being here, but I still have a lot more to go. I mean, I'm only 19, so right. I, I definitely still have, have some years to learn everything and, and just continue to develop as a man. And then lastly, just <laughs> – being with a with a great group of guys like I was here who are hungry and, and tenacious and uh, ambitious about the sport. Yep. And for those that may not follow him on social media, do that right now at KThomas0202 on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it right now. But run through some of those big offers you've got for our fans, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, yeah, so most recently, uh, Cal Berkeley, Baylor, West Virginia, NC State, Colorado, 
Uh, so those those are some of the biggest. Um, then really great group of five schools like like Memphis, Georgia Southern, Southern Miss. So you know all all over the country. Uh, and it's all just been a blessing, and a great opportunity. Well, I can tell you that we're we're not going to poke and prod you for any more information, <laughs> but uh, we're excited to see where you go here in a couple of weeks on National Signing Day and where you'll be uh, end up at the spring semester. It's going to be exciting to know. And and let me just say something. Uh, you mentioned, and I appreciate the fact you're humble, man. You're mature for a 19-year-old as yes, well. Sir. I appreciate that, and you keep doing great work. And look, uh, and you mentioned being around a great staff, and that was what you were around here at Northeast. Yes, look, Coach Cannon, Coach Campbell, Coach Shell, our defensive staff, I think is one of the best, and especially in community college football in Definitely. the entire nation. You know, describe those men and what they've meant to you and what they helped you learn this semester here. Yeah, so, of course, I mean, you know, when I decided to come to JUCO, there were a couple of different places I could have gone. Mm -hmm. I could have gone to the East Mississippi's of the world. Mm -hmm. I could have gone to some really good schools in Kansas or Texas. But, um, you know, as a competitor, I wanted to be in Mississippi because that that's where the best ball is in JUCO. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, I was looking. It was really between here and Hans, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got here, I just got that feeling in my stomach. Like, I knew it was God. And then, of course, talking to Coach Davis and, and Coach Shell and Coach Cannon, like, they're very driven. They're leaders of men, and that's that's what you need in a coach, someone mm -hmm. who's going to develop you on and off the field. They push me past my limit every day. Um, they never rode me. They always told me I always need to work on something. I, I can never be satisfied. And, of course, I had that mindset, but it's always good to hear from another point of view. And, sure. You know, that coaching staff, I mean, they're elite, right? Coach Davis played in the league himself. Coach Coach um, Shell played at a high level of ball mm -hmm. over at Alcorn State. Coach Cannon <laughs> coached two championship teams That's at UNA it. and played ball here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, same thing with Coach Campbell as well as UNA. So, I mean, there's there's nothing else that you could really say you want in a staff at JUCO because, to be honest, I think the whole staff could coach at very high levels. I agree with you. But they chose to be here to, to help kids who, realistically, this is some of our last chances, mm -hmm. right? Um, some it may be school-wise. Some of me it may be athletically-wise. But – if, if you're looking to be developed and you really want to play at a high level of ball and compete against the best as well as playing for the best, then this is the place to be and those are the coaches you want to get coached by. Well, that's the best endorsement I could give anybody right there. <laughs> that is awesome. And you mentioned elite. Man, our defense this year was so good. Not yes, just sir. you, but I mean, we were looking at the numbers a second ago or earlier in our podcast and uh, 15 interceptions. Yep. Um, you, of course, ate up the tackles, but Jacob Foster right beside you. Jalik had 14 PBUs, led the country there. I mean, you were surrounded by playmakers, were oh, yeah. you not? Yeah, I mean, you know, when we came in in June, I could tell, mm -hmm. right? These guys were hungry, just like me. Mm -hmm. um, Jalik, Foster, like those two guys, man, those two guys are some dogs, like. Stay after practice and work at it. No, no, no matter what, right? They, those mm -hmm. are the two guys that'll never make excuses. They'll never talk back to the coaches. Uh, obviously, like they like to joke around and have fun, but when sure. it's time to lock in, they lock <clears> in, <throat> and they're gonna handle their business. No matter, no matter what, whether it's, it's good, bad, or indifferent, they come every day to work. And you know, being around people like that only ma only makes you want to go harder. And sure. uh, I'm just I'm so appreciative of those guys, and it was a blessing being able to play against guys like that, right? Those are guys down the years I'm going to text and be like, man, remember the Oklahoma game? Or yeah, remember no the Holmes game? We were down, you know, we came back. So, yeah, definitely games like that are awesome. It was a special year, and, and goodness, think about your two overtime losses away from being mm -hmm. in the postseason and being 8-1. and one. You, you only lost the team playing for the national championship by one touchdown. Yes, sir. And, and so put into words how special overall this team was. Man, this team is special. It's amazing. I feel like, uh, for me, this is probably one of those teams where I've had 
I want to say the best bond with. I mean, from top down throughout the whole roster. Uh, you know, some teams, you kind of get in that middle part of the season mm -hmm. and you kind of see guys start to get lack of days ago. I don't feel like we had that. I felt like we, we, we kept on getting better as the year gone on. Uh, obviously, the back half of the schedule was a gauntlet. We played some really good teams, uh, and we competed hard. It just shows. And really, those games that we lost about seven or the OC game in Northwest, mm -hmm. the East Mississippi game, those games really come down to, to two or three plays where I feel like as a team, we definitely should have executed better. Um, you know, we went out on a sour note. That's not how we wanted to go mm, out. We had right. a, a really good playoff run. I thought, you know, we definitely should have had that. But everything happens for a reason. Um, we lost because because our play uh, faltered a couple of plays in, in those games. And But, you know, it was still a great year and uh, still not satisfied, though, about the season. Right. I, and I know. And that sets the stage, hopefully, for big things from the program down the road. Where do you see Northeast football going the next couple of years, in your opinion? I only see it going up. I, I really do. I think that, you know, within the next two years, Northeast will be will be a household name. Like the East Mississippis and the Northwest of the world, we will be a household name. And we will be playing on national TV in state championships, in national championships, in big bowl games where everybody in the country has to come through here when they think of Mississippi Duco ball. Well, when that happens, I got your phone number. I'm going to text you and say, hey, man, that prediction's spot on. Yes, sir. And, and I'm excited for the day that it does. And we've got the coaching staff, uh, the student athletes that are coming back next year. Man, they're going to be hungry to get back and, and avenge those losses we had this year. And so I'm, I'm fired up about next year. I'm fired up about your future. And before we get you out of here, we've got to mention, by the way, why, why is Keaton here? Well, not only did he lead the nation in tackles per game, uh, but he was a first-team all-conference selection, and he was named to the NJCA All-Region 23 team, which means he's up for All-American honors. So, Keaton, what do those awards mean to you? Yeah, and I mean, it's awesome. It's heartfelt, a surreal moment. And just like I told you the other day, I didn't even know I won the awards. Right, there you go. I don't keep up too much on, on social media or anything. kind of just take everything day by day, mm -hmm. but... You know, it's a blessing. I couldn't have done it without my teammates, couldn't have done it without my coaches or supportive community. So, you know, it's big thank y'all to everybody watching, everybody that came to the game, supported, or just, you know, said a simple hello to me or any guys on the team. We really appreciate everything that you guys have done for us. No question. Now, let me ask you this question hypothetically. Of course, uh, when I think the All-American listings are coming out maybe Monday the 18th or Tuesday the 19th, okay. something like that. So you're going to be home by the time that happens. Uh, when those lists come out, and if you see Keaton Thomas under that All-American, what will that mean to you? That'll mean that I came here and, and solidified myself as a, a very good individual and a very good ball player. Uh, you know, when I first stepped on campus, the first thing I did with my phone is I went into my notes, and I top my number one goal was Juco All-American. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's still on my phone now. I look at it every day, and that'll just be another check mark to li um, check off my goal list. Absolutely. Another thing that I found out in the last couple of days since we've talked, uh, 247 Sports has updated their uh, uh, rankings of individual players. You're a top 50 JUCO uh, recruit now, three-star prospect. Uh, knowing all that stuff, I see the smile on your face, man. Uh, that's that's got to feel pretty good too, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that feels great. And like I said, I couldn't have done it without the guys around me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, rankings are cool. It's all a blessing, but it's all about the work and, and taking the steps to, to get better every day. And, you know, that's what's most important. Uh, it's, still, it's still amazing, but not done yet. Not satisfied. Got more to prove. No doubt about that. You're going to be hearing this guy's name a lot. He takes care of business in the classroom, on the field, as talented as you can tell. 
very humble individual. Uh, Keaton, before we get you out of here, uh, we're going into the holiday break. You know, you've got another couple of visits lined up. I know Baylor soon. Uh, but what will be taking place for you the next couple of weeks as we approach signing day and then go through the holidays? And then before you know it, it's January and you're heading to a new campus, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, you know, for the rest of this month, um, I'm going to go see Baylor this weekend. Uh, after that, nothing yet is too, too pinned. Um, but... You know, I'm just going to go through this process, pray about it, write down my notes, pros and cons, enjoy time with family, continue to get better, um, you know, push past my letter every day, work out as much as I can, keep on developing. And, you know, once I find that place, I'll know. And then once I sign those papers, it'll be the greatest feeling ever. I'll, I'll enjoy the rest of the break. Um, and then after that, it'll be go time. It'll be time to work, winter workouts, and then spring ball, and then, you know, go compete for a starting spot so I can go impact uh, at another school. Have another Absolutely. Impact. Well, look, when, when uh, September 2024 rolls around, again, uh, I have no doubt you're going to be in a starting role somewhere about that. The work ethic is good. And, guys, Keaton Thomas, watch his name. A couple of years from now, I expect him to be the next NFL Tiger, without a doubt. <laughs> Keaton, appreciate the time, That's my so friend. Thank you, me. especially here on the last day of final exams, uh, for making some time to join us here before you head home. Uh, last question for you. Uh, any regrets being a Northeast Tiger this this year? No regrets. <laughs> there we go. No regrets. And you would recommend it to anybody? Anybody. Now, I'll tell you what, the one thing I do regret, probably should have talked a little more to the to the folk on, on campus, but that's about it. No doubt about it. Well, Keaton, we'll talk about for you. How's that sound? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Keaton Thomas here on our Fall Rewind. When we come back, we'll wrap up our podcast here. You're watching the Tiger Town Sports Podcast. Northeast Mississippi Community College has a storied and reverent past in athletics that identifies where we have been and a passion for success that indicates where we are going. Every former student athlete is a success story within themselves. And the pitch is a line shot into left field. The Tigers are going to walk it off and will walk their way in to the second round. What a gutsy performance. The Lady Tigers win. 70 to 65. Lady Tigers are going to steal one from Senatobia. Cannon fade away three. Wesley puts it back up. He's good. He's good. Wesley got it off. The Tigers have won the region 23 championship. Put back the pass. Feed to the end zone. And touchdown, Tigers. Join us as we celebrate 75 years of athletic excellence at Northeast. And welcome back to our final segment of our Tiger Town Sports Podcast. We thank you for joining us here as we wrap up a successful fall semester. And we just got done looking at our fall sports. Six and three football team, an outstanding year nationally ranked. Our golf team ends its fall portion of its regular season nationally ranked volleyball. Our inaugural season is in the books with several award winners there on the team. Again, we're going to talk to Coach Mays in the future about all those award winners. We just went over all the stat leaders for the team, and we're proud of them for what they did during this inaugural season. Ryan Moreland, it's basketball season here at Northeast, and yes, there's been a lot of basketball the last couple of weeks. Catch us up with what's been going on and what we've got coming up here before we break for Christmas. Well, we'll start with the Lady Tigers as they're in action. As we record this on a mm -hmm. Thursday, they're going on the road to Freed Hardman to play their JV team. So, you know, we, in the, they won that game that we played them here last year, so we hope that this is a win as well. Absolutely. You know, that would be their eighth win, and that's something, you know, Chelsea. That would tie what they did all of last year, and here we are not even done in December. How mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's a good start. And like you said, we're just now in December. But they have a good win already in the non-conference under the belt against Chipola, mm -hmm. a top 20-ranked Chipola. So that's, that's always a good win. And, you know, 
And on the back end of the schedule in December, you go to Arkansas State Mid-South, who you've already beat, and, and Calhoun. So the women look look prime and ready to end uh, the Christmas break in good position. Absolutely. Again, as you mentioned, if they can beat Fried Hardeman, it's already tied for the most wins that they had last year. And so that would be a feather in Coach Chelsea Rhodes' cap as she begins to recruit very heavily over the next couple of months. I know she's had several players in on campus here recently, as has Cord Wright. And, again, Chelsea Rhodes, that team, that Chipola win, such a big win, was it not? Yeah, yes, it was. And, you know, coming out of that, Madison Miller, you know, was named MA Triple C Player of the Week mm-hmm. for, for her performance during that week with a double-double. And I thought, I thought over those two games she played really good basketball. She did. Had 23 and 13 against Chipola, 23 points, 13 rebounds. Had 15, I think, against Shelton State the next day, somewhere in there. And she's been playing better basketball the last couple of weeks. And when you can get her complimenting what Alexis Rowe does uh, and the speech he's got for us a forward, and then ca- uh, add on to that the shot blocking of Madison Gardner. You've got three really good post players right there, not on top of what you have on the bench and a Goldie Butler and an Asia Stafford. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the one thing – the one uh, thing that I think the Lady Tigers could do better is be able to shoot the three better, but that's not their game anyway. Mm-hmm, that's they right. Don't, they don't want to shoot the three as much, I don't, I don't think. I think they want to get out defensively, pressure you, get easy baskets, easy layups, easy jump shots, whatever that is for them that's working that night. I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right, let's look at the women. What about the men right now, partner? Well, you know, the men, you know, they're – nine and one right now going into the weekend with the Harvey Childers Classic coming up, which should be – a good event playing mm-hmm. State Fair and Motlow State, two uh, programs that at times have, have been successful, and you know that they're going to be two really good games this weekend. Uh, their one loss came at Mineral Area, and Mineral Area is in the top ten now. in the top ten, and, and they should be I, – I, <laughs> tell you what, if there's a basketball team better, at least the way the Mineral Area played us that night we played them, uh, please show them to me. And maybe mm-hmm. Northwest Florida State or somebody in the Florida Panhandle is that team – but I'd like to see it. My mind, Mineral Area should be number one, and that that's bar none there. They were really exceptional that night. And you mentioned the Harvey Childers Classic. State Fair comes right out of that region that Mineral Area is in. They play great basketball there. Three Rivers. Uh, that was a big win, I think, for Court Wright that will be big down the road. Um, Three Rivers is a traditional powerhouse. And so uh, that, to me, is kind of like Chelsea has Chipola. I think our men have Three Rivers, which is an ace in their camp. But State Fair is coming right out of that region, coming down here to Mississippi. They're going to try to find a way to win them a couple of games. And so that's going to be a big test, not to mention, as you mentioned, Motlow State, uh, who's been to Hutch within the last five years. And so no gimmies this weekend. We played a, what, overtime game with Motlow last year up in Missouri. So they're going to remember that and want to come in here and win this ball game this weekend. Yeah, Milo, it seems like every time we play them, they're always competitive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always a good game. They have good athletes. They have good players. So, my, I mean, both these games are going to be really good. And, you know, going back to State Fair uh, a week or so ago, they played uh, Vincennes, who we've played, you know, two of the last three years or mm-hmm. so in Indiana on their floor. We, we split with them one and one. But Vincennes this year, they're ranked in the top five. That's right. State Fair mm-hmm. lost to them by nine. So, you know that State Fair has the potential to play that well and give you a ball game. Absolutely. And so Cordwright's team has a challenge ahead of them in an awesome tournament named after a great coach and a great man, Harvey Childers. Hope you'll come out and support that this weekend inside Bonner Arnold Coliseum. We play at 7.30 Friday night against State Fair and 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon against the Motlow State Bucks. Of course, we'll have all the games of the tournament on the MCC-TV Black Channel, um, but that is going to be a huge tournament. Those are our final home games in Bonner-Arnold until January, so come out, take advantage of that, and watch some good basketball this weekend. I know we've got a couple of games next week. Ryan, t- touch on those for a bit, and then i got to ask you after you do that, 
give me maybe the guy who has stood out to you or guy or guys or one thing maybe about the team that stood out to you through the season so far for the men. Yeah, well, next week they go, they travel to Arkansas State Mid-South on Tuesday the 12th. And, you know, going there, they're, Mid-South, they're a, a good men's program as they've mm -hmm. been in the national tournament a couple times over the last several years and a good Division II program. And, you know, they're, they're going to be good on their home floor. They sure are, yes. So, you know, that, that's gonna, that should be a really good game. And then going to Calhoun, you're not. You've already beat them this year, so you kind of know what they have. Mm -hmm. But that's still a game. Since you beat them at home, you feel like you can win that game on the road. Yeah, and you saw them in preseason action there in Bonner Arnold Coliseum, and and they looked pretty good that day. I'll be honest with you. And so uh, going over there, I think that they had Itawamba by a double digit lead at some point in that game. Itawamba came back and won the game, but that's a, that's not going to be an easy uh, out there in the last game before you break for Christmas. I agree with you. Yeah, it's going to be a tough, like you said, the last game. That's going to make it tougher. The last game before Christmas, you know, so you hope that the guys' mindset is not already Absolutely. on, already on Christmas. going to home. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and to your point there, I went to Bevel State two days before Thanksgiving. I think our guys' minds were on getting out of, out of town. And so you can't have that same mindset because Calhoun's going to be a little better than Bevel State. No disrespect to that Bevel State program because they played us really well down there in Jasper, Alabama, a couple of weeks ago. But Calhoun, from just from what we saw in our jamboree, uh, the better of the two programs, and you better watch out. That could be an L that you don't need on your record going into the holiday break. Yeah, that's not one you got. You you really want to have on your record, and that could come back to haunt you. You know, come you know potential oh, for uh, at large bid at large bid down the road. Absolutely. All right, I got to ask you that question again. What what's the thing that's impressed you, or maybe stood out to you through ten games this basketball season for the men? I think it's the way they've been able to play at home, mm -hmm. to play overall, because at times you know they hadn't had a full team. Mm -hmm you know, with injuries and, and some other things. And they still continue to play well. They've continued to play together. And the way they've especially played at home, I mean, I think I put it in one of the game notes, the last home game, you know, they're averaging nearly 90, 90 plus. They're beating opponents by 30 plus at home. Mm -hmm. So they're playing at home, taking care of business at home, doing what they're supposed to and what they've always done here. But then going on the road and be able to do that as well. And that's the big key. Can they go on the road? They've had... Uh, what, two true road games so far this season, one neutral side game as well. They're 2-1 and one in those games, but the margin of victory has been much, much shorter in that time frame as well. So time will tell how the Tigers will do on the road, but you're, you're right. Cordra put the schedule together on purpose as he talked in our, our interview with him here on the Tiger Town Sports Podcast, and we've done what we've needed to do so far. Yeah, and that's exactly what you've done. Do what you need to do, and then let's take care of the rest after Christmas. Well, my friend, we've covered a lot of ground here on the Tiger Town Sports Podcast this week. Thank you for joining me for your insights, and it has been a fun fall semester, my friend. We're not done quite yet with basketball. Got a couple more games to go, uh, but then I'm going to look forward to some rest of my family. I know you are, too, and hopefully our coaches, our fans get some of that rest as well. Enjoy the family time. We'll be back with one more episode before we break for Christmas here on the Tiger Town Sports Podcast. Until then, though, for Rod Moreland, I'm Blake Long, Elijah Brooks behind the scenes saying we'll see you soon in Tiger Town. Good afternoon, everybody.